Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Hi, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Dirty Steel Toe Boots, the Ogletree Deacons Law Firm podcast on all things OSHA. We've uh, done had quite a run here on the podcast. Uh, dirty Steel Toe Boots is the name of it because we wear our Dirty Steel Toe Boots uh, in this practice group more than we wear what you might a lawyer expect a lawyer to be wearing. We've had a lot, a lot of good episodes so far. We've talked about who OSHA is, what OSHA can do, who the solicitor's office is, what they can do. And really try to use this podcast to help employers understand their rights and responsibilities, uh, as well as uh, what OSHA can and can't do, both Fed OSHA and maybe even some of the state plans as well. We've talked about a lot of issues that are challenging to employers. And today I've got a really a, a great guest today who's going to join. Her name is Mandy Kustra. And I've known Mandy now for, uh, gosh, we didn't even talk about that, Mandy. I'm not sure how long. We've, we've been friends a while. Mandy Kustra is the uh, Director of Safety for Ajax Paving. And you may recognize Ajax Paving because that's also the same company where Vince Haffley works. And Vince was a guest, I believe, last episode, actually, on, uh, on the podcast when we talked about suicide in the construction industry. Um, so Vince is the president of Ajax, Mandy's the director of safety, and it's really coincidental that uh, I went back to Ajax because it wasn't intentional. Uh, the coincidence is that these are two important issues that I wanted to talk about and have some guests on. And so it's just uh, it's just that Ajax, I guess, is that good of a company that I've got two guests from the same company uh, without intending it. But uh, enough about the intro. Mandy, uh, say hi to the audience. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Philip. Hello, everyone. Nice to talk to everybody today. So, Mandy, you're at Ajax. How long have you been with Ajax Paving? I just finished my 15th year at Ajax Paving. All right. And so how many employees does Ajax Paving have approximately? Ajax, we're at about 450 employees here in Florida. We have over eight asphalt plants, and we're keeping busy. All right. And so... You and I got to know each other, not just through Ajax, but also through the FTBA, which is the Florida Transportation Builders Association. And you and I met through the safety committee. So tell us a little bit about uh, your industry involvement and advocacy from a safety perspective. So you're correct. We did meet on the safety committee. It was a great opportunity for FTBA to start a committee in the state of Florida because Florida did not have one at the time that we started this or Larry started it several years ago, so we were kind of on the forefront of all of it as committee members. So it was a great opportunity. I did, when I worked in Pennsylvania, we had a similar committee that I was a part of, so I kind of knew what to expect, and I was able to take the knowledge from that to bring it to Florida to help us with our FTBA committee down here. So let's, let's talk about that for a second, because when I first met you, it was all about safety. But it's really been, I think, in the last couple of years that I've seen you begin to focus on your the subject you're really passionate about is not just safety, but women in construction. What, what got you interested in and excited about that topic? 
So I realized that construction, especially road construction, is such a great industry for women to be involved in. Um, it's been good to me all these years. Uh, you never know what your day is going to bring. You know, one day you could be paving at the beach. The next day you could be paving on the interstate. But um, construction is one of those industries that, you know, kind of tailors to women. You could start off on a roller. You could move your way up through the industry if you're willing to and want to. And they actually, you know, especially Ajax, they promote it as a whole. So it's a great opportunity. Um, construction, you know, sometimes you're on days, sometimes you're on nights, you have some flexibility. But I've never had an issue being in construction as a female, especially road construction. It's been a great uh, and different change. All right. Let's I tell you what, let's address this. When we're talking about, when you're talking about women in construction, you just mentioned rollers and pavers. So you're not talking about just having women in construction in the job site trailers and the admin jobs. You're talking about advocating for women in construction in the field. Absolutely. As a whole. I mean, with being here 15 years, I've seen women start off, you know, on a roller in quality control. I've seen them leave the field, go into the lab at the asphalt plant. I've seen them come through, you know, the office, get into EEO. I've actually seen several women at the company, you know, move up through the ranks. So at Ajax, we have women from the field to the lab to truck driving to in the office. So we're kind of spread out all company wide. I really don't think there's any facet of the Ajax that there's not a woman present, you know, and working in that department. Is that something that you think that management, not just you, but I mean, and I know the management, we're talking about Vince, we're talking about Mike and others, but they have they made this an, an issue um, or they agree with you that it's an issue that's important that we need to be mindful of? Absolutely. I mean, they encourage all of us if we wanted to look into something different or say if you wanted to get into estimating, they encourage you to try it out. See, you know, get your feet wet. See if it's something you might enjoy. They've encouraged um, other women in the field to, hey, you know, if something's happening at home and you need to change directions, get into the lab at the asphalt plant. You know, if you can't always, you know, be working nights because of your family or whatnot, they encourage us to go out and see what's out there for us within Ajax. They never want to hold you back with whatever division you're in. If you want to switch within the company or try something new, they definitely encourage it for you to try and see what it's like. From what I understand you said earlier, there, maybe there's there's two things going on in the construction industry. One is that maybe women haven't traditionally been as interested in construction jobs. Um, have you seen that? Has that been your experience? It's definitely been my experience. Or even like when I tell people I'm the safety director at a road construction company, like, do you hold the stop slow paddle? And I'm like, no, I was like, that's cute. No, I oversee 450 people and I'm responsible to make sure they make it home every night safely to their family. And they're like, oh, so they're kind of shocked with the role that I do play. Obviously, typically in construction, you think of a male based industry. But I think it's definitely a great opportunity for women to get involved. And I mean, you don't have to have a college degree. It's a great opportunity if you're coming out of high school. If you're willing to work hard, you enjoy being outside, it's a great place to, you know, get your feet wet. So you have joined with women and other construction companies to to form some groups and to do some some of the advocacy you're talking about. Tell us a little bit about, about those efforts. So obviously there's women in construction, which is national and 
uh, we just started the Florida branch not too long ago. So I've been with uh, part of Women in Construction. I've actually did their mentorship program. And I have a mentor that I was working with in New Jersey, who is a vice president of a company. And then I had another mentor I was working with up in New Hampshire, which was a great opportunity. But then also at Ajax, my friend Jamie and I have spun into um, our own organization here, which has definitely been supported by Vince and Mike and every uh, all of our other presidents called Women Raising the Bar at Ajax. So they allow us to meet. Um, we get together and meet twice a year. Um, all the women in our entire company. So it's a four-hour meeting. Um, we come in, we have a meeting. We sometimes have a guest speaker. We try to do motivational topics. We have lunch because the way we realized was I was one of the few females that was able to travel the entire company with the job that I had. And the, you know, other females are like, wait, we have other truck drivers. Oh, wait, we have another person in the lab that does what I do. So us bringing all about 50 of our Ajax female employees together allowed us to, you know, get to meet and greet and realize that there are plenty of us here and it's a great opportunity. And then in the meantime, we also participate in food drives and we get out into the community to get Ajax out there and present and to try to get people interested in coming to work at Ajax. So what I'm hearing, I'm hearing mentoring, I'm hearing advocacy. I'm hearing community. I mean, those are things that you found not only inside Ajax, but also in the industry that allow you to really expand those opportunities for women. Absolutely. Construction as a whole has never tried to hold me back or keep me down, you know, in any of my positions. When I worked up in Pennsylvania, when I worked down here, I even did a stint in Indiana for a year. But never did I ever feel like I was held back or, you know, couldn't advance or find opportunities within a company in construction. So let's talk about that, because I think earlier we were speaking about maybe the interest issue, you know, whether or not there's you know, traditionally been uh, you know, women have been interested in construction. And by the way, I, I recognize here we're trying to make some generalizations to, to help you illustrate what you're doing, but by no means you know, are these illustrations intended to cover everybody? There are always, there's also, you mentioned, we talked about interest, you addressed that and how you encourage women to be interested in construction. But let's talk about barriers, because I know that you've shared that you have not experienced barriers uh, in your career, but certainly other women uh, have. So what would you say to those who might have been the ones to erect those barriers that, you know, maybe are they missing out on an opportunity by, uh, you know, somehow either expressly or implicitly discouraging women from construction. What would you say to those folks? I would say you have to jump in with both feet. If you want to get into construction, jump in, make the best of it and see what, you know, where it takes you. You know, I've always been one of those uh, females where I had brothers so I was always used to fighting back, barking back, standing my ground. So, you know, and I can thank them now for making me, you know, kind of a tough girl to deal with. And I have the mindset, like if I'm focused and I know I'm right, I will fight till, you know, everyone realizes where I'm coming from and understand that I am right. At the same time, you know, you just have to treat people nice and it'll get you places. Well, what about, the, you know, maybe even some some companies or some managers who may not have, you know, may, they may not have a Mandy Kustra, 
you know, they haven't had someone like you yet. You know, what would you say to them in terms of what's the best way to give a, a, the next Mandy Cooster the best opportunity? What would you say to them? I would say, don't be afraid. If you get the vibe about the, you know, the person that they could do the job, give them the opportunity, but also, you know, give them the freedom to do what they want with their position. You know, for example, with safety, you know, when I came and wanted to put hard, everyone in hard hats, I was never told no. They're like, yes, great idea. When I wanted to change to a certain vest, I was never told no. So, you know, sometimes we have great ideas. Let us push forward and run with them and see where it goes. Well, you, you mentioned the safety vest. That actually reminds me that one of the, now, now we're going to get a little bit of OSHA here for you. Right. Uh, about uh, what OSHA has recently said is that they are going to uh, issue a rule on uh, fit uh, in the construction industry for PPE. So personal protective equipment, there's actually two standards. There's the construction standard under 1926 and there's 1910 general industry. General industry standard refers to having appropriately fit PPE. Well, the word fit doesn't appear in construction, so OSHA's belief is, well, we need to revise it in some way. Whether we do or don't need a new regulation or not, I don't know, but, but I certainly know that there has been an issue with regard to fit in construction. Uh, now, I guess from a regulatory perspective, I would share with the audience that I think some folks can look at the the standards and say that it's implied or, you know, it certainly would be part of having appropriate PPE would mean PPE that fits. But let's talk about that. How have you addressed that? I think what has changed a lot is the manufacturers, first off, they do offer smaller, extra small, all the way up to 4X. So you do have a variety right now. Um, they do offer different cut vests. You know, they have a, you know, what they call a woman cut, if you want that. A lot of times in construction, obviously, you don't want things too constricted anyways. You want to be able to move, have it flow, breathe. We haven't had very many issues with any fit PPE. We have smaller safety glasses that we get for females and different gloves if they would like them. But a lot of times, they just want to wear the same thing that everybody else is wearing. They don't want to be difficult. They're like, hey, I'm good with this. You're giving me PPE. I'm happy. You know, we like to have a little bit of fun on the podcast, too. So. Uh, we have to laugh at ourselves. And so I had to explain to someone the other day that fit in the construction industry for PPE is not a reference to pink hard hats. That <laughs> is, uh, it really is a matter of fit from a safety perspective, functionally, not by way of style. So right. not that there's anything wrong with a pink hard hat as long as it works and fits and keeps the, uh, keeps the worker safe. Interesting issue, I think we'll see. We don't know what's going to be in that standard. We just know that OSHA has said it's going to issue one. I actually did a, a blog with uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Lauren Lennart, helped uh, write that article. You know Lauren, she's uh, been on some sites with us. But she yeah. uh, she and I put together an article uh, for our Ogletree blog, so go check it out, folks, and you'll see what we think is maybe coming down the, uh, the pipeline from OSHA from a regulatory perspective. So let's, let's talk about safety. We talked about women in construction, but what about, Mandy, women in safety? Um, and sort of the same thing. What would you say to, to women who are either in safety or whether it's construction or not? Now we'll expand it a little bit and say even outside of construction. What would you say about women who are in safety or considering taking a career down the safety uh, pathway like you did? What would you say to encourage them? 
safety has basically been the best choice I've made so far. Actually, when I first went to college, my dad was with me at orientation and safety was one of the new and upcoming, you know, majors. And he sat through it and he's like, give this a whirl, see if you like it. So I took an intro to safety class and then I never looked back. It was kind of a niche that fit me perfect. I like talking to people. I like being out in the field, you know, that's kind of what safety is. Safety is truly caring about people and treating them like human beings and actually, you know, learning about their families and making sure they do go home safe every night. But safety has been nothing but great to me. I would definitely say if you have a little bit of interest, look into safety. There's so many facets of it now, and it has grown so much from when I was initially in school. Um, It kind of blows my mind as to, you know, what all it encompasses now. But you can't go wrong with safety. There's, I mean, it's great. Well, you said that you, you talked about you being a people person and you like to be out and engaged. And that's how I've seen you in safety. And I know you have an office, but I know you don't see that office very often. So, um, you know, that, that personal on the job side engagement with employees is something Vince spoke about as well is really, you know, where safety really becomes effective is not just focused on the policies and procedures and the training and the discipline. I know you do all that, but talk about that piece. How do you engage with employees, with workers on the job site? How do you engage with them to make it effective? So I normally, I'll start out at the daily huddle, and it might even be as simple as just going up to someone. How's your day going? You know, what's new at home? How are the kids? And then being here as long as I have, you start to learn about everybody. But it's a lot about, you know, safety is a lot about caring about people as human beings and making sure we are doing the right thing so we do get to go home to our families because nobody wants to be hurt or damage any property. No one wants to, you know, jump through all the issues that would come with that. So literally safety is just going out, talking to people, seeing what they need, what you can help them with. If they're doing something wrong, explain to them how to do it correctly or say, hey, what do you think about this? What if we tried this idea? You're out here every day. What would work best for you guys? How can I help? mainly is what safety comes down to. So let's talk about a specific issue in transportation construction in the industry, and that is internal traffic control plans. We, the acronym there is ITCP. So I know you and I've worked a lot on that together, but I've also seen you and Ajax really advocate within FTBA and then ARPA, the national organization as well. Um, and that, that was not something that was caused by an incident. You were already working on it, but then there was an incident that occurred, which we don't, don't need to go into detail on. I know it impacted you and, and the company greatly. But talk about internal traffic control plans and how that has been an area where you and Ajax have shown some leadership um, about how to help people stay safe, because it's very important. And what I mean, folks, by internal as opposed to external is really it's inside the companies. You know, it is how do you maintain separation from man and machine? How do you keep humans from having a negative interaction with a piece of equipment or a truck inside the work zone as opposed to interaction with the public, which is sort of a separate safety issue on maintenance of traffic? So, Mandy, tell us a little bit about what you've done in that area. Starting off with ITCPs, basically in baby steps. You know, we're trying to get maps out to our employees, get things um, sent out to everybody in the field. But after our incident that we had, it kind of catapulted everything to a whole new level. 
So we now use a mapping program that allows us to draw specific maps for our work zone, mark out where we want vehicles pulling in or trucks pulling in, mark out where we expect people to park or where there'll be restrooms or where to expect people on foot. And in ITCP, at Ajax at least, we send it out to our subcontractors, our broker trucks that are hauling for us, our inspectors, anybody that we expect to step foot on site um, gets a copy of our ITCP for that day or that night shift. And it's one of those things though that um, we, it basically is part of our culture now. It has become, you know, what Ajax does every day. It's what's expected every day. But ultimately, this happened because our owner, Mike Horan, helped catapult it to a new level for us. This is one of those deal breakers at Ajax that if you're not going to be, you know, issuing or, you know, reviewing an ITCP, then we might not be the right company for you because we're that passionate about keeping our employees safe when we're out in our lane closures on foot. Because that's our biggest risk. A lot of times, unfortunately, it's construction equipment hitting construction workers. So that's our main thing is we want to keep everybody safe, not only Ajax employees, but anybody that might be, you know, in our lane closure with us. Yeah, it's such an important thing. And, and you know, regardless, again, of, what's, of what a standard says or doesn't say, you know, for, for I know for Mike and for you and for Vince and others there, it's not so much what a standard says. It's, it's what does it take to keep workers safe and health, healthy in the workplace? And, you know, the man versus machine fight, you know, almost always machines going to win that fight. Piece of equipment's going to, going to, uh, going to, you know, cause the harm. And so we've got to make sure to keep that separation in a way that is, uh, that's effective. So, I, I mean, I really appreciate the work you've done in that area and in safety and, and back over to the advocacy piece again about women in construction. You know, hey, we're, we're a lawyer, we're lawyers and we're a law firm. So we got to also say this. When you're advocating for women in construction, it's not, you know, it, it, it is consistent with your obligation to be an equal employment opportunity employer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't a matter of compromising quality or, you know, discriminating in the other direction, but you can and have been doing some advocacy to where you can at least show, uh, you know, women who may not have been interested that maybe there is a career pathway for them in construction and in safety, and then also share that, your experience with other companies that there's some value there in the uh, in the pursuit of that interest. So, well, Mandy, I wanted to thank you very much. It's, I mean, as always, I get to spend a lot of good time with you as, as a great friend, but to do it today and to share some of your success and the things you do to make a difference in the in the lives of other humans uh, is, is has been a lot of fun. So thanks for joining today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Philip. All right, folks, that's it for another episode of Dirty Steel Toe Boots. There will be another one coming soon, and uh, we'll talk. I'm not sure what the next subject will be, but I will try and find yet another interesting guest. It's uh, it's hard to beat Mandy and Vince and uh, and Karen Tynan and others that I've had on here in Jasm, but we're going to continue this discussion and uh, talk about safety and talk about all things OSHA and do what we can uh, to do our part to make a difference in the lives of others. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. 
And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.